In this episode, I'll share the nine rules that have helped me to stay positive and proactive while launching a startup in a time of uncertainty. And uncertainty is a key word here. Building a product that never existed before and finding a product market fit can feel like trying to solve an equation with several unknown problems. No matter how much you plan, startup life is unpredictable and irrational as well. So it's impossible to predict the best step. What makes founders successful is how they manage and react to uncertainty. If you handle it well, you can move forward with constant speed, gather more data, understand your users and the market, and grow your personal and startup capitalization. But if uncertainty creates too much anxiety, you can end up in a state of burnout and losing hope that basically motivates you to run forward. Let's explore what it takes to be successful as an early stage startup founder. And let's start with rule number one. Understand what you don't control and stop worrying about it. I know I talked about this several times, but I think it's very important. One of the critical principles of Stoic philosophy is focusing only on what you can control. To do this, Stoics train the skill of separating all problems into two types, those within your control and those without. For example, NFL coaches teach players not to think about wins and losses because players can't directly influence them. Coaches instead encourage players to focus on aspects they have 100% control over, like the accuracy of pass, conditioning, their nutrition. Stoics suggest the following process when faced with a problem. Ask yourself, can I do anything to influence the outcome? If the answer is no, accept the situation and don't waste energy on it. Easier said than done. If the answer is no, accept the situation and don't waste energy on it. Easier said than done. If the answer is yes, identify actions to prevent the problem, reduce the probability of it occurring, or minimize the negative consequences. Analyze if any skill could have helped avoid the situation in the future. If so, focus on practicing that skill. If you're an early-stage startup founder, you don't control when you find the product market fit and how much money you raise. But you control what time you wake up, how you talk to your team, what's your mental state, how you react to failures, how you track your projects, etc. The best book about stoicism is How to Be a Stoic. You can find the link in the description. Let's continue with the rule number two. Prepare for the long run and be careful with your energy. It takes a couple of years to get to the product market fit stage and another three to five years to build and scale the business. You will need a lot of energy on this way, so start noticing now what's drawing your energy and remove these things from your life. I talked about it more in the first episode of this podcast. The things that drain your energy can be tiny. They can be promises you gave and can't keep or simply being in a rush. It could also be more fundamental and uh, psychological, like um, uncontrollable guilt or constant comparison to others, which we discussed in episode 4. By taking small steps to conserve your energy, you will ensure that you have the motivation to tackle the unpredictable and irrational aspects of startup life. Rule 3. Take care of your mental health. 
Taking care of your mental health is essential for startup founders. The team looks to the founder's attitude and behavior to set up the tone, so it's vital to remain positive and confident. If founders have issues with trust, communication, or psychological problems, it can spread quickly and negatively affect their entire team. I strongly recommend therapy and meditation. These two things had a dramatic impact on my personal and professional life. At Hints, for instance, we provide reimbursement for therapy to help maintain good mental health and performance. Rule 4. Learn to recognize patterns and act on them. Recognizing patterns in startup can save you a lot of energy and make you feel less anxious. For example, when you push yourself too hard for several days, you can feel empty and demotivated, your productivity will decrease, and you will need to take a few days to recover. But after recognizing this pattern, you know that sometimes it's better to stop working even if it feels like you still have energy. Or another example, when you're tired and stressed out, it may be better to avoid initiating conversations as the problem you want to address can seem more exaggerated than it is. I suffered from this problem a lot. By recognizing this pattern, you can remove some unnecessary tension in the team. You basically can avoid the conversation when it's unnecessary and have this conversation later when you have energy, when you come down and when you can see the big picture. Another example is feeling demotivated after trying something repeatedly and not getting the desired result. So many times the result came only when I stopped pushing hard. Now I know this pattern, I know there is no direct correlation between the amount of hard work you put in and the outcome. Yeah, it feels very irrational, but it's a pattern that I'm still processing and I know that it exists. Sometimes stopping can bring more than working hard. Rule 5. Preparing for at least one pivot in your startup is essential. Many companies have gone through successful pivots, such as YouTube, transforming from a video dating website, Twitter evolved from a platform for finding podcasts. At Hints, we started by building an automated information graph for communities. Then we pivoted to a note-taking app with self-organized knowledge. And finally, to an AI assistant that can manage your software. So it took us several pivots to understand finally our mission, which is to empower people to use productivity software more efficiently. And uh, that we can do it by building an AI assistant, which essentially is a language interface for your software. But it took some time to get to this mission, which now drives us and creates motivation for us. So instead of viewing pivoting as a failure, it's crucial to consider it as an essential part of the journey. It will help you to pivot faster and not hold on to your initial idea. I remember when the first time we realized that uh, we had to pivot, we did it very quickly, basically within a couple of days. But we felt confident that we had to pivot. So I know it can be less obvious sometimes. And I know that startups can spend way too much time thinking about whether they should pivot or keep doing their initial product. Now, rule six. Don't separate research and building. Combine them into one process. This is known as action inquiry, which can be read about in 
Bill Tolbert's book of the same name, Action Inquiry. Every action taken is also a form of inquiry. And it's important to understand that there is no right way first do research, then build a product, or first build a product, then research. You have to do it all simultaneously. Basically, you build, build, and while building, it's essential to observe and analyze users' feedback in the form of words and numbers in your dashboard. So basically, it's a cycle of building, iterating, researching, and if you focus on one part, you will slow down dramatically. It may be uncomfortable sometimes to showcase your product before you collect enough insights, but showing the product or a feature, even if it's still raw, can be the quickest form of research. If users are angry that the feature doesn't work, it means they need it, and you are on the right track. Now, rule seven. Discuss all assumptions before making a big decision. You need to trust your intuition when you don't have enough data to make a decision. Trusting intuition, unfortunately, is possible only if there is a quick feedback on the decision taken. Intuition essentially is the ability to recognize patterns unconsciously. If after every decision taken intuitively, we quickly get a response as to whether it was right, intuition starts to work more accurately and can be trusted. Chess players, racers, athletes often act intuitively because their subconsciously stores many patterns. After making an intuitive decision, they quickly see if it's correct. And then each successive one will be more accurate. You can do the same at startups. But when you make an intuitive decision, try to share and discuss all your intuitive assumptions so you can get back to them after seeing whether the decision was correct. Here is an example from Hints. We use AI to understand natural text commands, enabling users to control their CRM or project management software easily. For example, users can create and update ClickUp or Jira tickets from Slack, WhatsApp, Telegram, or SMS by simply talking to our AI assistant. You can tell your software what you want directly rather than doing it by hand clicking on different buttons. In the past, we decided that every time users set up an integration, we would ask them for a unique hashtag for this integration. This was so that the bot could distinguish between different integrations and know which one it should use. Because sometimes we thought you could update your ClickUp ticket and then you send a new entry to your CRM and then an invite to your Google Calendar by just talking to the bot the same way as you talk to Siri or real life assistant. But this decision was made based on the assumption that users will set up more than one integration. Eventually, users found adding a hashtag confusing and often forgot their hashtags or used the wrong one. It helped us to see quickly that our assumption was wrong. Most users only used one integration. So we removed the hashtags from the UI and added them only to the second integration. It increased our onboarding conversion rate by 50%. So in this case, it was very important that we made a big decision based on our intuitive assumption and we shared this assumption. So when we realized that the decision was wrong, we could get back to the assumptions and understand what exactly was wrong and what assumptions we have to change. Rule eight, 
Communication is essential to success. Without effective communication, the best ideas may go unheard. Mistakes and flaws remain unfixed, and the best products may never reach their intended users. Investing time and effort into developing soft skills such as listening carefully, giving feedback, and facilitating productive conversation is essential for founders and for everyone, honestly. To begin, start with learning how to provide feedback. I posted a link to a great video in the description. To ensure a productive conversation, I recommend Bill Tolbert's framework from the already mentioned book Action Inquiry. Four critical blocks of a constructive discussion are framing, advocating, illustrating, and inquiring. And it's important to pay equal attention to all four. Framing establishes the goal of the conversation, what's happening and what assumptions are being made. Advocating expresses one's proposal, attitude or feelings about what's happening. Illustrating provides context and detail to explain why this is important and what will happen if it's not done. Finally, inquiring openly asks questions to ensure that all parties agree with the assumptions, share a common picture, agree with the proposed solution, and feel that they can implement it. Without all four blocks, a conversation may become conflictual, be perceived as a threat, or end up as an idle talk, leading to unnecessary delayed and demotivated teams. Rule 9. Believe in what you do and stay optimistic. Again, easier said than done, but I think it's extremely important, especially for startup founders. Believing in what you do and staying optimistic isn't just a nice sentiment. It can impact your success. I want to share a meditation that I use to remain optimistic and to believe in what we do at Hinz. I close my eyes and meditate for 10 minutes on my breath. Then I imagine a future where I can be proud of everything we do. And all challenges are exciting and motivating. I like the product. I like everything that happens with our startup. I don't dream about revenue, investment, money. I try to create a mindset where I'm just happy with everything that's happening around me. And then I try to memorize this feeling. Whenever I feel upset and feel that something doesn't go the right way, I try to get back to this feeling and somehow it gives me this extra energy and motivation. I don't know how it works. I don't know any logic or any science behind it. And it may sound a little bit woo-woo, but I urge you to try it. You may be surprised by the results. Ultimately, having optimism and believing in what you do can help to keep you motivated and focused on achieving your goals. I hope that this episode has been helpful to you and that these rules will give you the confidence and direction to stay productive during uncertain times. Thank you and bye. Talk to you soon.